How do you know you're up to date? When you follow EMS World, you answer that question with confidence. Because when we say EMS World, we mean the whole world of EMS. The remaining question for you is how will you stay up to date? In print, online, at EMS World Expo, the world's largest EMS dedicated conference, and now in a podcast. Welcome to episode 12 of our Live from the Expo Floor podcast series. Provider safety is a huge topic these days. It comes in many forms and takes on many meanings. Increased safety for the provider is always a good thing, and here to discuss with me today is Nick Adams. Nick is the EMS Operations Chief at Cobb County Fire and Emergency Services right here in Georgia. He is the Health and Safety Officer as well as the Infection Control Officer. Nick, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's great to be on. So it's drilled into us on the very first day of EMT school, scene safety. Mm -hmm. So it has to be important, right? Nick, when we discuss safety for the provider, where do we even begin? Oh, wow. That's, That's a great question because there's just so many aspects to just safety, scene safety, provider safety. Uh, you know, one of the things that I want to avoid today because it's been so frequent and it seems that it's attracting a lot of our attention is infection control and, you know, with COVID-19. But there's so many other things that we also need to pay attention to. Um, needle sticks, you know, something that we, we deal with all the time. Something that's happening a lot now is workplace place violence. Uh, you know, ballistic protection. Do we need to be wearing bulletproof vests? And it just there's so much to focus on right now. But something that we see re- most recently, I don't know if it's being reported more or if it's actually happening more, we're just hearing about it more frequently, is medics getting assaulted on scenes and then in the back of their bus. You know, that is definitely the case. Why do you think that this has become, you know, so frequent now? It, 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 listen, obviously it's a dangerous job, right? We know that. Absolutely. We sign up for it. We get that. But it certainly seems that it is much, it's a much more volatile environment out there right now. Yes. Uh, for many reasons. Yeah. But why do you think that we're seeing so many attacks on, on actual EMS professionals? Right. Uh, you know, we're, we are associated with the police force. And, you know, we all know what's going on with that right now. There's a lot of uh, incidents with the police force. And, you know, we're wearing a very similar uniform. We're standing right next to them on some cases. And, you know, it appears that maybe some of that is bleeding over towards EMS and fire. It really is. And, you know, when we look at that now, it, as as administrators and, and chiefs, you really start to have that concern that maybe you didn't really have earlier on. That was always in the back of your head. Listen, yeah. you know, provider safety was everything. But what are some of the things that we need to start thinking about to protect our people a little better? Sure, absolutely. You know, we need to start with training, I think. That's one something we, we've been lacking. There's no initial training on how to kind of not get yourself into that situation other than, you know, training our medics and responders to say, hey, scene safety BSI and uh, to be aware of what's going on around them. But when things get heated and, you know, people start to, you know, possibly assault you or whatever that might be, we haven't really trained our providers on how to de-escalate those situations, especially from initial education. Uh, so giving them the tools they need to kind of talk somebody down or uh, de-escalate that situation, remove them from that environment is important. So doing an initial training and just continuing that through people's career and making sure they have the tools they need to kind of back off. You know, you had sent me some information and I'll I'll be honest with you, it it was actually shocking to me, but maybe share a little bit of the information on the workplace violence side 
um, that sticks out. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You know, some of the statistics we're seeing, and, and actually some of my numbers that I sent you are, is old, but we're having 3,500 reports of workplace violence per year in EMS, and we really believe that number is nowhere near what's accurate. You know, what we're seeing in the interviews that we're doing, studies that are being done, is showing that only about 10% of workplace assaults against medics is truly being reported. It's probably more like 20 to 35,000 cases per year. Uh, you know, 70% of medics report that in the last 12 months, they've either been verbally or physically assaulted uh, on a scene. And EMTs, paramedics, are 22 times more likely to be involved in a, or to be assaulted uh, than most other professions. It, it truly is startling, those numbers. And I, I do believe that we're starting to see this increase because of the environment we're in now. Mm -hmm. um, certainly law enforcement is not, um, they're not looked at in the same light as they used to be because sure. there is a lot of anger out there yep. in the country right now. And, um, you know, like you say, we're standing side by side with them. And in many instances, we can be perceived as mm -hmm. them. Absolutely. And so let's talk a little bit about that and, you know, differentiating how we appear to the general public. And, and, and let's be honest, I'll also throw this at you. Does it even matter? Yeah. Do you really think it matters? that we're wearing a different uniform at this point. Because it used different. to be, yeah, you know, we used to say, okay, well, we'll wear this color, right? Even with when you start the rescue task force concept and things like that, yeah. if we wear red vests, yeah. they won't shoot at us. They won't shoot the red yeah, vests, Yeah, no, right? they're not gonna yeah. shoot the red vests. That's, that's um, not is a that even <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would argue that they're gonna aim for that one first. So talk to me a little bit about how we can start to look to differentiate or, or do we need to? Sure. You know, one of the things we're doing in Cobb County is we have what we call a PATH team, which is a, a group of providers that um, they're a paramedic, a law enforcement personnel, and a mental health clinician all in the same uh, vehicle that go out to these mental health calls. And one of the issues we took with them was we definitely took them out of the badge. Uh, as I'm sitting here talking to you right now, I'm actually in my whites with a badge and a lapel and and a collar brass. And I, I'm sure, you know, from a distance, I probably look a lot like a cop. And part of what that uniform also does is it kind of displays a little bit of an air of authority and whatnot. And what we found is that if we can get our responders in a more casual outfit, you know, a red polo and maybe, you know, just some khaki pants and uh, not all that brass, is that people are more likely to kind of come down to our level or we uh, to speak with us more, more open and honestly. And uh, it kind of de-escalates that whole situation, allows people to approach us better. Um, so I, I do think, I think uh, making us not look like that cop of that, you know, that authority figure, I think probably goes a long way in reducing, you know, workplace violence and injuries. Yeah, I think the visual visualization component of looking, like, the same thing happened with law enforcement, right, when we started to mm -hmm. take down the tactical gear. Yeah. Because automatically you can de-escalate a scene. Right. Because visually, if you come in looking like a Marine, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to give heightened, you know, oh, yeah. anxiety. So, yeah, I think that's an interesting part. And I wonder if you expand a little bit more on that team concept that sure. you have, because it's actually starting to take uh, take on a lot more uh, prevalence throughout the country with Absolutely. respect to social workers traveling. And, and certainly it took on a lot of heat when that happened, because then we were worried that we were exposing them to violence. Right. But I really do believe that there's a there's a component here that has some real great benefits. Yeah, we've had a lot of success with that program. It's a PATH program. Uh, you know, in the workplace violence, a lot of those calls and incidents really did involve mental health uh, or substance abuse is what we found. 
So having a team, we're kind of rethinking the response model for mental health and substance abuse issues. So having a team that is a paramedic to provide any medical needs that the patient might have, a mental health clinician to handle any mental health needs the patient might have, and then we always kind of throw in that law enforcement officer to, to help with that safety and security, like you're talking about. We didn't want to put those mental health workers in harm's way, and so we're doing everything we can to cut, cut down on that. But what we found is these are people trained in de-escalation and talking patients down. And uh, initially we thought that the mental health professional was going to be there to actually, you know, fill out what we call in Georgia 1013 or take patients basically against their will if they're having a mental health complaint. But what we found is that mental health clinician is only needing to do that about 10% of the time because they're trained in the techniques to, to create what could be a violent situation and, and make it more safe just through talking with the patient and just, you know, sometimes distracting the patient and, and just trying to focus on the root cause of what's going on and what's causing that, um, that crisis. It's interesting. Approach is always a big thing, right, with, with this workplace violence, the, the tact that you take. And so I'm, I'm curious, do you feel that the EMS providers are going to need to be trained a little bit better in their approach, specifically with de-escalation. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes we just come in, it's our job, let's go, we gotta get over there, pa, 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 right? And yep. it's just, you know, right in your face. We're in a hurry, let's go. Yeah, we're yeah. in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Do we need to start to rethink the way we're approaching patients because ultimately it's going to help us and keep us safer? Oh, absolutely, we can all benefit, especially from more training in uh, how to deal with mental health crises. Uh, and to have that, that calm approach. Uh, one of the things we talked about earlier was, you know, learning de-escalation techniques that's just so important you know for a lot of scenes we're on and knowing those things is just going to make us safer you know as as medic and in the community so you know without a doubt those are things that that we could do better what obviously one of your your main responsibilities there is health and safety officers yes. so <laughs> do you think that we as providers need to do a better job being open and honest with our administration mm-hmm. about these contacts? Yes. Because if we're not, then there's nothing that can be done. Yeah. But, you know, I think, you know, that, that, that mindset of it's all part of the job yes. exists. I think that has to go by the wayside. It does. And that's, you know, we, we're saying that only 10% of assaults are being reported because we do have this mentality of it's just part of the job. And, and if we had a situation here in Metro Atlanta, a couple of years ago, uh, many people might remember is we had a medic who um, actually threw a punch at a patient, a uh, restrained patient. And the, the reason she did was because the patient was spitting on her. Uh, and one of the things one of the police officers said to that uh, EMT, he said, if you don't like getting spit on, th- then get out of the job. It's almost like that's an expectation that because we're, you know, in EMS, that we should be, it should be expected that we might get assaulted or we might get spit on or, you know, and that's just not, not a case that we want to continue. So we need to push the message out there that it's not okay. It's not okay that you get assaulted in the back of the bus or on a scene. And if you are, you need to report that up uh, to your supervision and even to law enforcement. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's so many things that are changing and, and evolving as, as specifically with safety for the provider. And, you know, one of those things happens to be ballistic gear for EMTs and medics as everyday PPE. Right. And so, you know, it's a a big topic right now Mm -hmm. and certainly not anything that we thought that we would ever have to be part of. Right. But given this current climate, I'm curious as to your thoughts as to how that may roll out or what the efficacy of that would be. Absolutely. 
you know, part of that too is now we're expected to be going into places that we weren't expected to go to in the past. You know, we're now expected to kind of go into that active shooter situation and those violent scenes where in the past we were always staging, you know, a thousand feet back and it's no longer the case. So absolutely, just like our gloves, our eye protection, our hearing protection, you know, ballistic gear is going to become something that you're going to see on every apparatus. Uh, we have it where I work at. Um, I'm still surprised that some of our partners uh, uh, haven't gone ahead and got ballistic gear for their employees or responders yet. I think that's something that uh, pretty much every agency should be looking uh, towards in the future and, and considering how they want to face that. And it's interesting too because as we start to evolve with safety measures for the provider, as an industry, we're evolving and we're entering those places that we never yeah, did, right? So we, right. we used to say, you know, scene safety was everything and, and stand back a mile staged and law enforcement will let you know when to go in. But now we are going in with rescue task forces and yeah. everything else. So it's kind of like a juxtaposition there, whereas we're, we have to be safer, but in the same breath, the, the job, I think, is more dangerous. It's now more dangerous, right? absolutely. So, there's, there's a lot that goes into this. Um, there really is. And there are so many. Th I mean, the, the workplace violence is one thing, but there are other things that are happening in our industry to make it safer for the provider as well. So vehicle safety mm -hmm. is probably at an all time high. Oh, absolutely. You know, if you look at some of the vehicles and what, what they're putting in there to make it safer for us, yeah. it's incredible. But the problem that I have with that is getting the provider to utilize those safety oh, measures. Goodness, yes. Maybe hit on that a little bit. Oh, wow. That's that's one of the toughest things to do is get people to use the things that are there for their safety. You know, dealing with uh, human uh, interactions is always difficult. One of the things I did see in an in a ambulance that's featured in the show uh, today is the they had a four-point harness system in the back of the unit, and it was actually just really comfortable. And one of the things they said is, we're doing everything we can to remove the excuse for people not to use these. You know, we're trying to improve comfort, you know, allow it so that the medic wants to put that on, give them greater range of motion. And I think so a lot of that probably has to do with engineering controls. And then one of the things we do is we try to bump people, you know, just give them gentle reminders that, hey, you really probably want to put on your seatbelt today because, hey, here's something that happened earlier this, this week in the nation, you know, with this vehicle rolled over and there was two medics injured, and we don't want that to be you. We want you to be go, able to go home to your friends and family at the end of the shift and then enjoy a good retirement when you're done with your career. So having those gentle bumps. I like that idea. Um, but to your point, you know, I was speaking with an ambulance manufacturer uh, a couple weeks ago, and they were talking about all these innovative approaches that they're taking and, and all these innovative steps that they're they're looking into and, and building and actually are out there. And one line was putting in these airbags and, yeah. and you know, side airbags within the back of the vehicle. Mm -hmm. But the, the 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 vice president said to me, That's all well and good, Mike. And, and listen, they work great, but they're they won't work at all unless you have your belt on. That's right. Right. And so you know, listen, we're all habits. Yeah. We're, we're all creatures of bad habits, right? And we need to be free back mm -hmm. there. And it's mm -hmm. hard to get folks to really buy into that. Right. But to your point, you know, these new things that are coming out are making it so much easier. Yeah. So driving that into the provider's head, listen, we are giving you every bit of safety measure that you could ever ask for. Yeah. But you actually have to, you, so you, you actually have to embrace it. it. Yeah, you, you got to use it. One of the biggest challenges we have. Absolutely. Nick, I really do want to thank you for coming on. You know, this is a really, uh, 
safety for the provider these days is, is like you said, we didn't even hit on infectious disease. Oh, yeah. And I mean, we could probably do a three-day podcast on that. But there are so many things out there that we need to protect ourselves from and need to protect our providers from. Um, and I really do appreciate you coming on and sharing some of your thoughts with me. Thanks for having me, Mike. So this is it. Got one more to go in the tank. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you soon. Mike McCabe from the podcast floor. This has been an episode of EMS World Podcast. You can find this audio and more like it on the podcast page of emsworld.com. You can also follow EMS World on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 